0: Very honoured today to have uh, a guest speaker with us, Murray Avril, and his uh, wonderful wife, Jane. And um, Murray, uh, you may have known him, he's currently Executive Director of Alpha Australia. Uh, before that was uh, Principal of Northside Christian College and then Nexus uh, Senior Pastor of Nexus Church. And um, that's all very uh, impressive. But the thing that got me with Murray uh, some years ago, because some people are impressive and some people are, are impacting. And I just remember the day, it's uh, as clear as a bell, that it was probably my lowest uh, ebb in Christian ministry some uh, years ago. And uh, we were in the shadow of Nexus Church back then and no one would have known who we were. We were in a backwater of nowhere and doing not a great deal, you know, but it was just a really difficult time. But Murray uh, somehow reached out and just invited me over for a copy just to encourage. And uh, that day changed my life and it changed my view of ministry. And since that day, I've tried to emulate that and, and reach out to as many pastors as I possibly can, and, and this church does that as part of our DNA. So we really do, in a lot of ways, have Murray to thank for that. So he, he is an impressive human being, but an impacting one. And Jane, as well, her ministry is and will be as impacting as Murray's. So will you please welcome up Murray as he comes to speak today? Thank
1: you. Thank you. Good morning. I can't see you as well as you can see me, which uh, puts me at a bit of a disadvantage. But hey, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you, Pat, for those kind words and for having us here this morning. And i uh, met a number of... Oh, there you are. Hello. You exist. Met a number of uh, old friends here this morning. I feel so at home. In fact, there was Valerie. Where are you? Hello. Valerie is somewhere here. And uh, there you are. I went to university with Valerie's daughter, Julie, over 40 years ago. And, um, and I saw Valerie and she said, you, you haven't changed one bit in over 40 years. I shouldn't say that, but I was thinking she should have said that and, and was wishing she had said that. Um, hey, it's wonderful to see you, Valerie, and, uh, and, and others here this morning. So good. And yes, I, I have my wonderful wife, Jane. With us, and uh, just so you know a little bit about us, I got a photo of our family. Would you like to see it? You're seeing it. There we are. It's actually, we were at Disneyland before COVID. Um, I couldn't find another photo. Anyway, this is our Disneyland photo. Um, So, as well as Jane and I, that's our youngest, Alice, and her husband, Jordan, and uh, Alice is actually the communications manager for Alpha. She started there first. And then she drew my other daughter Emily, um, and her husband Alex Pappas, and uh, she Emily is our digital director. And then finally they got me. So there you go. That's how it happened. And uh, we are uh, privileged now to work with my children, my daughters in Alpha. Except that Alex is moved to America to pursue his music career. Uh, shameless plug. He's now de- releasing some of his own music. He's Worship pastor and uh, songwriter. And you may sing some of his songs, but uh, he's moved there to pursue his own career. And his latest song, Beautiful Life, I think has had over a million downloads. So if you want to add to that, that'd be fantastic. Shameless plug for a son in law. Is that okay? Um, And Emily's actually, he's gone first and Emily's joining him on Tuesday. Imagine having a daughter move to LA. Is that the worst place? on the planet for your children move. We're praying, we're believing. I'm going to come back to LA in a few moments' time. But before that, let's go to the Word. And uh, our scripture this morning is Matthew 28. And many of you will be very familiar with this passage, sometimes called the Great Commission. And it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, all authority, That's pretty uh, comprehensive, isn't it? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Aren't we glad that Jesus is with us always? And so let's uh, just come to him in prayer. Uh, our Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for your presence. Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can gather in your name, in your presence. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and just be with us. And this message this morning, whatever words I speak, I ask that you would take those that are relevant to each person here and sow them into their hearts and lives. For your glory we ask. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. On the 2nd of July, 1982, some of the commercial airline pilots around Los Angeles, around the Los Angeles airport, LAX, reported an unusual sighting. They said that they saw what looked like a man sitting in a chair up at their level, and they were right. There was a man sitting in a chair up in the LAX airspace. His name was Larry, and uh Larry was a truck driver and uh, he was um, a bit bored with life. So he and his girlfriend went and bought 45 weather balloons, not, not little balloons, weather balloons, filled them with helium. They uh, had them all tied to ropes. They tied all of those ropes to the back of a, of a lawn chair and they tied the lawn chair to his truck. And then they, um, he, he got into the lawn chair um, and uh, tied himself in and he had with him um, a BB gun, you know, a little gun, pellet gun to shoot the balloons, a uh, CB radio, uh, a six-pack of beer and a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> his idea, his thought was, well, I'm going to get released and I'll probably float at about, you know, like 100 feet in the air and I'll just be able to see the neighbourhood. And have a nice time. So uh, his girlfriend released the rope from the truck and instead of his plan working, these balloons shot him up into the air at a great pace. He quickly shot out a few balloons and then he dropped his gun. So what do you do? He opened a six pack. (laughs) And um, at about 2,000 feet, he blacked out. Um, He got to 16,000 feet. And drifted across into LAX airspace when these pilots were seeing him. He, he finally got made it, you know, descended uh, and uh, ended up back on the ground safely, believe it or not. Of course, by the time he got back to the ground, there's a whole lot of reporters around. And they said, you know, why did you do this? And uh, Larry, who became known as Lawn Chair Larry, he said, Well, you just can't sit around. Presumably, Launcher Larry, Larry Walters was his name, presumably Larry was missing some driving important purpose in life. And that can be true for many of us. Two of the greatest questions that humanity asks of ourselves is, who am I and why am I here? The, The questions of identity and purpose. In this passage, in fact, in just a few words in the middle of this passage, Jesus speaks to those two issues when he says, go and make disciples. As I'm sure you would well know, disciples in Jesus' day, that was quite a common concept because in that day you would have rabbis. They were that were those who who'd progressed in our language through theological college or ministry college and seminary and, and sort of risen to the top and now they were able to instruct and so a rabbi would then uh, invite people to become their 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 students and they were called disciples uh, and so disciples would come and this wasn't just an intellectual instruction idea this was a a learning of life idea usually the disciples would actually for lengthy periods of time, live with their rabbi because they wanted to learn how to emulate the rabbi's uh, not just not just his thinking, but his his words, his actions, his behaviour, his reactions, his attitudes. That was their task. Um, it was like an apprenticeship, and so rabbis would invite people to be their disciples. And certainly Jesus did that, particularly with the twelve. Uh, and uh, now he has died and, and resurrected again and and he's about to ascend to heaven, and he gathers these together and his his plan, I think maybe we would have come up with a different plan of how to get the whole world to believe in in Jesus, perhaps by just you know doing some great miracle on a global scale, and everybody would say, "Yes, you must be the christ and jesus said no i 'm doing it a different way i'm starting with you and I've made you disciples, and now I want you to go and make disciples who will go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. For those of us who are followers of Christ, this idea of being a disciple, one who emulates, who's in apprenticeship, uh, this is supposed to be our purpose or our identity, and our purpose becomes then to make disciples. Making disciples. I don't know what that phrase or that idea conjures up in your mind. You know, perhaps uh, for some of us who've been around a while, we could be thinking some fairly negative thoughts right now. Um, you know, perhaps of, uh, of being forced to do something which we feel very uncomfortable about doing. Um, perhaps, I don't know, when I was, when I was a teenager uh, in my church, we had this, um, somebody came up with this idea, they built like a caravan thing, it was just made out of sheet metal and on, on wheels that they could tow and it was about a caravan size and the, 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 the footpath side of it would fall down, we, you know, could, could open up and we'd, they'd take it down main, our, little, our town on a late night shopping on Thursday night and park it in the main street and fold down the outside and a bunch of us from our church would, would jump inside this thing and, and we would sing songs uh, you know, our songs, and and we would talk, you know, have a little messaging, sort of like street preaching kind of thing. And of course, my, uh, my school friends would be walking up and down on a late night, and I'd be trying to hide in the very back of the truck. I mean, this was one of life's most embarrassing, awkward experience. I hope not that nobody has an experience like that. But maybe you do have some thoughts of of being forced into something that isn't you. And so I'm here today to just make you feel guilty so that you will all want to do this? No. Isn't that good news? I do believe that our primary identity is to be disciples. If you're a follower of Jesus, this should be at the core of who you are. I want to be a follower of Jesus. You'll, fo- you'll play that out in your unique way, in your unique identity, but still that is fundamental. And then that we are called to be those who would make disciples. This is something that uh, Jesus is saying to each one of us. So let me just say a few things this morning that I hope is going to be helpful. Just before I do that, just as I was praying, Pat, for you and for the church, uh, I I, I had a a picture of of a bunch of roses. And we live near New Farm Park and they have fantastic rose bushes there. They've just all been pruned and they'll come up again in spring and Jane loves it and we walk around there and we smell the roses and what you notice is some look good but don't smell much and some actually have this beautiful aroma. And I really felt Pat, the Lord said of this, of this congregation, of you in this place, that there's a, a sweet aroma, a wonderful aroma uh, and that that is being released um, into this community and so you might say, well, then I don't need to preach about this anymore. I'm going ahead anyway. Is that okay? we just got uh, a couple of quick thoughts. Um, and there was another picture and, uh, that, that I received, I, I, I believe, from the Lord. And it was of a, a man here this morning. And you are here a little reluctantly. To be honest, this isn't so much your thing. Um, you'd be rather be fishing kind of idea. Um, and... Uh, And just the word from God, if you were willing to open yourself to it, is that's partly because, no, maybe being up here isn't your thing and perhaps being exactly like some of the people around here isn't your thing and yet God has called you to himself and God has a purpose for your life. And perhaps if you'll even just listen in this morning, perhaps that's going to be revealed a bit more to you, that there is more for you than you would realise from God. The first thought I want to bring to you is this, and it's that making disciples is a process, it's not an event. When, um, look, I've got some, uh, some great wisdom here for, for some of the younger men. So listen in, if this is the only thing you get to this morning, this is important. See, my wife was in labor with our second child. And she was just about at that moment when the child's about to be born, and she's in significant, you know, pain and difficulty. And so here's what you don't do: never do this. So apparently, I was there, and as she's looking, as you know, I'm just looking at her, and she's looking, and she's in great pain. And I yawned. <laughs> don't do it. Do not yawn because that she's going to remember that the rest of your married life. And she is going to bring it up every now and then when you yeah yeah not a, not a smart idea, hey, but you know what while, while the that birthing moment while it is a significant event, you could say it, it's it's a big deal and yet it's actually the end of a nine month process and people coming to to know Christ, you're making disciples, it's not an event, it's a process the this phrase go and make Disciples. There's a. a, It's originally written in the Greek language, and and there's a command in there. And in our English language, English Bibles, that you might think the command is the word "go," and it's not. There is actually a command in the Greek language, and it's actually one word that is translated in English: "make disciples." That's the command. The word "go" is a participle, and perhaps would be best translated. And in some versions, it is translated. As you go, make disciples. As you go, make disciples. There's a, in other words, it's not so like go over somewhere, but it's as we go about life, we are helping people on this journey, this process, this journey of becoming disciples. People all around us, there'll be people who don't yet know Jesus. And, and this is a challenging challenge for us because um, for many of us, they, they would say after about five years of being a Christian, you don't have a lot of unchurched friends anymore. And yet there's still unchurched people around our world. And so the question is, how do we help them on that journey? What could I do on a regular basis, perhaps on a daily basis, to help people around me come further towards Christ? Journey on this process. Back in the 1970s, a man called Engels came up with a scale known as the Engels scale, believe it or not. Um, Engels recognised that there was a, a process. This journey towards Christ was a process. He, he put some numbers against it. and Not that this is an exact science, but he, he put in numbers and he said, well, if we said that, um, that, that zero is that moment when somebody says, yes, I want to be a follower of Jesus, perhaps if we said minus eight is when you first of all get that awareness that there is a supreme being, there's somebody out there, there's more to life than this kind of idea and there's a supreme being and then you slowly grow in a greater awareness, you know, that that actually is, has been revealed in Jesus Christ and that he died on the cross and rose for the forgiveness of sins and there's this, this gradual growth and there's then that moment, that moment of birth if you like. He, he actually said um, perhaps there's even a minus 9 and minus 10 which is people who actually are... They are now negative towards the things of God. What part can we play in the life of those around us to sometimes just move them one step? One step. Sometimes it just is a word of kindness. Sometimes it's somebody getting to know somebody who calls themselves a Christian who actually can can represent Jesus to them in a way that is attractive. The person who's allowing... The fruit of the Spirit in their lives. Just some word of encouragement. Something, you know, we um, we moved into into some apartments a few years ago. We left the suburbs, where frankly it's sometimes hard to get to know a lot of people around you. Moved to the apartment. The thing about the apartment is there's the garage where everybody meets. Everybody's in the garage. We get to we we've got to know all these people. Um, I haven't found another, anybody else in our apartments. There's about 30 apartments. I haven't found anybody else who goes to church anywhere. And, uh, and they, these are really, it's, it's like, let me say, it's like almost a fun experience just saying, how can we shift their understanding and their attitude towards Jesus? So getting to know them, getting to know names, getting to smile, getting to have a chat and then having a meal, and we've got that far with some of them. And when we do, and they find out a little bit more about who we are and, and our lives, and, and um, it's interesting. And we find they're not antagonistic, necessary to the things of Christ, but they typically don't know anybody who's actually a genuine follower of Jesus. So just in our hearts and attitudes, just how do we, how do we just move them, nudge them in the direction of Christ? Second thought is this, and boy, I need this, because hands up if you're flawed right. Hands up if actually you suspect you're more flawed than you were a decade ago. where where is Okay, okay, I've found my people. Of course we are. The only dangerous people are those who didn't put their hand up. really? come on, of course we are, and yet it shouldn't be an excuse. It, it, so as the father of Christ, we recognize our own weakness, but that's why God gave us his Holy Spirit to come and fill us. And what about, you know, it should be a daily prayer, if not even a moment-by-moment prayer, Holy Spirit, fill me today. Let the fruit of the Spirit be evidence in my life today. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Who remembers? Just doesn't need love, does it? It needs joy. Needs peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control. People filled with the Spirit of God, desiring to just hear the nudge of God, the voice of God. Sometimes just to say, stop an extra moment with that person. Maybe this is something to say a word of encouragement, a word of help. Do this. The Spirit filling us, guiding us, leading us. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, but I'm sending you my Spirit and the Spirit will come and lead and guide and help. And this is an area where the Spirit loves to come and help. And the good news is the Spirit's not just coming to fill us. The Spirit of God is actually working in them as well, drawing them towards the Saviour. Amazing thing, my wife Jane was 27, she was a teacher on the Gold Coast and had no church upbringing or background and one day something inside her said, you should go to church. And there's a little church nearby and so she walked in on a Wednesday afternoon and thankfully uh, the pastor's wife was there, met her and welcomed her, invited her to come back on Sunday And, and she wasn't sure if she should but... They gathered a little group of people to pray and she came back and she she received Jesus Christ, her Lord and Saviour. The Holy Spirit was working in her life. Uh, There's a wonderful theologian by the name of Daryl Johnson. I love it. He says this. He says, evangelism is joining a conversation the Holy Spirit is already having with another person. The people around about you, do you think God loves them? Not a rhetorical question. Do you think God loves the whole world? Do you think Jesus has a desire that everybody comes to know him? If this is true, then surely the Holy Spirit is working in people's lives. Things are happening. Our task is sometimes just to say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing and how can I join with it? What can I do that's going to help and encourage this person on that journey? In Acts 16, 14, uh, Paul and his companions have arrived at Philippi and there's, at this stage there's no church, nothing going on. And they suspect that some people may be having a prayer meeting down by a river. So they go down. Perhaps it's the Holy Spirit has guided them, I would say. But they go down there and they find some women at prayer. And one of them is a lady by the name of Lydia. And she becomes a key leader in the church of Philippi. But before that, this is what the scripture says. It says, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Holy Spirit is wanting to do that. People all around about us. But We are praying for them and then saying, and Holy Spirit, at the right moment, would you guide me to that right person to speak that right word, that word of encouragement. Our senior partner in all of this is the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good news? Isn't that great that it's not up to our brilliance and how wonderful we are? The Holy Spirit, fill us, let us represent Jesus well, guide us and connect us to what you are doing in people's lives. And the last thought is this, that the invitation is the win, yeah? How many of you ever asked somebody out on date and they you got knocked back? Don't put your up your hand. Just to, to, but well, I hope it wasn't the last time you asked. Because sometimes you just keep going, and uh, we like to say at Alpha, it's the invitation that's the win. The invitation, an invitation into a space where somebody can have an encounter with Jesus, even if that's through you in the first instance. Maybe that invitation is just to have a coffee. Maybe it's to a meal. Perhaps it is to an alpha. Perhaps it's to this wonderful church, but an invitation in that wonderful lady the uh, that's known as the Samaritan woman. When Jesus goes to the well and she's there and he meets her in the middle of the day, you probably know the story And Jesus talks to her, and and then she realizes this is the Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting for. And she runs back into the town. And uh, John four twenty nine says she says to everybody, "Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah?" In this wonderful phrase, "Come, see a man who told me everything." She invites and she testifies. She just uh, this this is something that Jesus has done in my life. Would you come, come and see? We think many of them did, but whether or not she gave the invitation, the invitation is when our part is the invitation. You know something where you really encourage people to do at Alpha is, and you maybe you're already doing this, but is to write down the name of five people in your world, who don't yet know the saving power of Jesus Christ and pray for them. You might want to pray for one of them on Monday, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, and so on, and then keep doing that persistently. But praying for them and then living with an expectation that God is going to give an opportunity, living with an expectation that the Holy Spirit is at work in their life and that you may have some way of intersecting with them that would draw them another step closer to Jesus, maybe ultimately an invitation. See, the, 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 the sad thing is, as I talk around, as I know in my own heart and spirit, for some of us who've been Christians a long time, we've almost almost written ourselves off this making disciples. We are disciples, and we, I think probably I could say here many of you just wanting to be that but this thought that I can bring somebody else on that journey. And I want to open that door today and say it's more accessible than we know. It's a challenge. It takes some courage. But to say, Lord, by your grace, Holy Spirit, fill me, enable me to lead somebody into a space where they can have an encounter with you, whether that's into my lounge room, into a cafe, wherever that happens to be, that I may be a disciple who makes disciples. Here's a prayer. We're going to just finish with this. Lord, if that can come up on the screen so you can all see that as well. Here we are. Lord, please speak to me by your Holy Spirit. Help me to know what you are calling me to do. Help me to represent you well. I want to pursue your cause courageously. Amen. If that's a prayer that you would like to pray, then I'm going to invite you to join me because that's my prayer. That's my prayer. Would you be- well, you can't bow your heads, can you, in prayer? You can look up. If you want to pray it out loud, that's great. As the team comes back, if you want to... Just pray it in your own heart. That's great. But why don't we together just say, Lord, please speak to me by your Holy Spirit. Help me to know what you're calling me to do. I want to pursue your cause courageously. Help me to represent you well. Amen. 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 Just before I finish this morning, um, I wonder if there's somebody here and as I've been speaking, and particularly when you saw that scale, and perhaps you just suddenly reckon, realize, you know what, I, I haven't actually made that final decision to say, Jesus, I want to become a disciple. Maybe you've been on some journey there, but that's a decision that's still, mm, that's just not, haven't made that one yet. Today could be your day. It would be wonderful if it was, because I believe you would have sensed the Holy Spirit just pulling you in, drawing you, saying this is for you. This is for you because it's for everybody. Jesus Christ came to earth and lived and died for each one of us so each one of us could be forgiven of our sin, that we could come to know Heavenly Father and so that we would have the identity that He created us for and be able to live the purpose for which we have been created. The most wonderful thing that you can do, could you all just bow your heads in prayer for a moment, please? And if that's you, I just want to put an invitation out and say I'd love to pray that this morning would be that moment when you say yes to Jesus and become a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ, the greatest decision you could make. In a moment, I'm just going to count to three. If that's you, would you do me the privilege of raising your hand so I can see I'm going to include you in my prayer? When you're ready, just have the courage for this special moment. One, two, three. Who's saying yes? Yes. That's fantastic. I love that. You can put your hand down and make icons, so you can see that I've seen you. Anybody else saying, that's me this morning. I, It's my day. It's my moment. It's time for decision. Lord Jesus Christ, we give you this great thanks for this response today. The Holy Spirit, that you've been drawing this man to yourself. Will you come now and with a wonderful miracle of rebirth, of new birth in his life, that he would come to know you, come to be filled with your spirit himself, know the purpose which he is called, the person he has been created to be, ask that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Would you stand together as uh, I think the team is going to lead us in, in worship, perhaps, uh, Pat's going to come back, um, and we'll just, just, just conclude in a moment. As you come before the Lord, we prayed that prayer together but this morning, again, just so I sense this Holy Spirit, this this place is actually, a, that, that word, this place is a place of fragrance. This is a, like there's something special going on. I know God's doing great things all over the planet. But here, releasing something through you, through this congregation. But it finally comes down to the individual, doesn't it? The bunch of flowers is a bunch of roses. And it's that individual, an individual. And there's something right now this morning... I believe. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's, there's insecurity that God wants to strip away. That like that sense of like, I'm, I'm counting myself out. And it's time this morning for some of you to say, I, I've done that and I'm not doing it anymore. And just in, in your own hearts and minds, just before the Lord, that prayer that says, God, I, I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to live in. I'm in. I'm fully in. Whatever you're calling me to, I want to live that way. God, I want to live. I want to make your cause a prim, the primary cause of my life, and, and 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 you know you've been doing that in one sense. Like yeah, if somebody said yeah, I'm I'm am I'm a disciple, but but you're really saying today, no, there's I, I need to take that extra step in. Take some, have some courage, make some invitations. Yeah, Lord, if that's you right now, just saying, Lord, just I I I surrender myself afresh to you and to your cause today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this great congregation of people that you are doing a mighty work in. And Lord, there's, there's even more to do. There's, uh, there's more people to reach in this area and beyond. So Lord, I ask that you would continue to do that. Thank you for Pat and the great team you brought together in this place. Lord, I pray for your protection over them. I pray, oh God, that they will maintain that, that hunger and thirst for you and it would even grow in greater measure dimension in this place that that fires in here that are being lit, Lord, that they would burn in other areas of this city. In Jesus' name, I ask. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you for having me with you this morning.